Welcome to another inspirational message from Liberty Church in Omaha, Nebraska. evidence of that and as we get into that we'll be ready we'll probably enter in just the beginning of the gifts of the spirit so this would be pivotal building brick upon brick word upon word faith upon faith this Wednesday should be a really great time so I encourage you to come bring friends we'll have a ball amen Amen. when I get in the word of God today I can't get off of uh, if I'm obedient to the spirit of God then I'm still on crazy faith and crazy love. But he shows me something every week and sometimes two weeks in advance that he wants me to center in for our congregation. If it's not preached, you won't have faith for it. A church can't do what it was created to do if the word is not preached of what the church is supposed to do. Because then you realize it's when you first came to the Lord, it was all about how he took you from here, and that old man died and became a new one, and everything is new to you. And that's awesome. But there's also coming, what I rejoice in, when all of a sudden your eyes sort of flip off of you, and you see a bigger picture of why he has you in us. Right. Because us got to do some stuff for the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There are things you do privately, there's things we do as us. And that is awesome. We're going to go to Mark chapter 6. And we're going to go to verse 4. Now some of these scriptures I have used already, but I'm laying groundwork as they take us where we need to go. So uh, it says, A prophet is not without honor in his own hometown and among his own kin and in his own house. You know, uh, my f- mom and dad and my brothers and sisters, at first they think I'm preaching, and then I get invited to go to Africa and the Philippines to preach, and at different conferences, that they, that's Jim. My friends from grade school and high school, that's McGaffin. What is he doing? Sometimes, when God gets a hold of your life, more often than not, the people who know you after the flesh, who love you, like you, still can't understand what happened to him. What happened to her? There was a change. And Jesus in his hometown, think of that's the carpenter's son. He's just up there reading, as, as was his habit, it says, the word. But then he said, today this is fulfilled in your ears. And he changed everything. They were so mad, they're going to throw him off the brow of the hill. The next next, uh, verse starts with this. And there he could do no mighty works. I want mighty works in my life. In my marriage, in my family, and in my friends and family. I want to see mighty works. I don't want to see wash out, wipe out. I want to see mighty works. But they couldn't do it because they were familiar with him. And in this day and age, I grew up Catholic, so I know what a Catholic mass looks like. I didn't know what a non-Catholic service looked like. I realized there's a difference between Baptist and Luther. Didn't know that. I thought they were all one group out there with just different headings. They do it differently. You could, come, you could become familiar 
and not faith-filled for the great and mighty works God wants to do in you and in the church. You can get comfortable saying, oh, that's Leah, that's Eric, no problem. Instead of, did you come in here today with a song, a hymn, a word? Did you come ready to participate, not in the opening songs just to break the ice? No, that's called praise and worship. Praise is you're praising him for who he is. Worship, I'm sorry, praise is for what he's done in your life. Worship is for who he is. Did you come ready, coming in the door, that I'm here to praise and worship my God, and that he's going to do mighty things in my life because I'm here? Or are you just familiar? Oh, so good to see everybody. All the fellers are back. Oh, that's awesome. You know, you guys are on vacation last week. We got people out of town. We have people home uh, ill. We have a number of things going on all at one time. And with daylight savings time, the people come early to pray and intercede. Missed it today. That happens when it falls back in the fall. All of a sudden you get a bigger crowd early because they didn't realize <laughs> everything had changed. Today, they're just waking up. Oh, oh, I should go to, no, I'm already sort of late. I won't. And we need you here. If yes. you're online and you can't be here, we welcome you. We're just thrilled to have you. But this church needs all hands on deck to accomplish this year what the Holy Spirit has said we must. And I don't want to displease Him. So it's it's time to get after it. I'm preaching on purpose so that faith in the areas that we need to get from here to there is what we're doing. Amen. Amen. You know, in Matthew 13, 58, you don't have to turn there. I just tell you, remember when they opened up the roof and let the guy in the cotton, Jesus healed him? It also said the power of God was present to heal. But only one got it. Only one exercised faith. But the presence was here to heal. The power of God is here today to heal you. But it's a matter in your heart, did you come ready to receive and believe that's what he has said and will do? So we're going to blow apart some things of unbelief today. How many of you all have fun with that? But I, he said he couldn't do any mighty works there because of their unbelief. They just wouldn't believe. Oh, we heard about him from other towns. He's doing miracles. But nah, not, that's just the carpenter's kid. That's just Jim. That's just Deborah. When you know something after the flesh and you don't have respect unto the things of the Spirit you're not going to receive what you're supposed to have. Right. It's not being churchy, it's just being real. Amen, I'm having a good time anyhow. We're going to look at uh, a couple things. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. And we're going to look at two very familiar stories. One Jesus call me the storm, the other Jesus walking on the water in a storm. And we need to just revisit it for some faith-filled information. Amen? Amen. Now, verse 37. And there arose a great storm of wind and waves that beat on the ship, so that it was now full. Water was coming in. These are professional fishermen with big boats, and Jesus is in the back asleep. And there was in the hinder parts of the ship he was asleep on a pillow, and they woke him and said, Master, can you, don't you care that we perish? 
he rose and rebuked the wind. Get up. Stop. How many people talk to conditions? Okay. And he said, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why is it you're so fearful? Why do you have no faith? Now, that seems unfair of Jesus to turn around and start critiquing them when they're scared. They weren't supposed to be scared. He had just spent the day teaching on the kingdom of God is as a seed. Then he says, there's the mustard seed. However small your seed is, it will grow. He spent all day talking to them about it, and now they have an opportunity to do something with it, and they miss it. I know when I preach today, when you go out, your life today, tomorrow, the next day, will be challenged for the amount of word you're getting here today. Just circumstances of being who you are, you're going to get challenged with unbelief and doubt, leading to being afraid of something. Well, my, my, my arm, my shoulder, I, I, I hope I didn't, oh, maybe I, I dislocated, oh. And you'll continue down the line of unbelief and doubt till you buy it, and that's called fear. Because fear is the opposite of faith. Faith would turn, no, 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 no. We're not having any of this. Peace be still. We're knocking this off. Are you all here? Yes. Okay. The other thing they said, now he, why are you so afraid? But they said of him, what manner of man is this? I hope you have a reputation of what manner or woman are you of faith? You're known for walking with Jesus. You're known for the results and the testimonies. You're known for it. Are you good with me? Yeah. Okay, now we're going to go to another one. We're in Mark. Let's just. Now, this one happened first, and this is important because he calmed the wind of great storm. And it was so, so bad that it was filling the boat. It's not just a little uneasiness out there. They're talking drowning. We perish. Okay? This happened first. We're going to go to Mark chapter 6. And we're going to go to verse 47. And when evening came, the ship was in the midst of the sea. Now he had sent them away in previous verses... Well, he went up and prayed and told the guys, get in the boat and go to the other side. That's their assignment. And he went away, departed to the mountain to pray. When evening came, the ship was in the midst of the sea. He alone was at the land. He saw them toiling in rowing. They're struggling. Okay? I've been on a pontoon boat when a tornado-type storm, you could see it coming to the lake. And it was everything that little motor could do to get that pontoon because the waves were already up over the floorboard. And we were struggling to get very far at all because it was coming, it was coming from Fremont and coming towards the lake between Omaha and Fremont. They were toiling. The wind was contrary. And about them, the, about the fourth watch was around 3 to 5 in the morning. Okay? So you've been out there rowing from evening time to then. You're not getting very far. And now they're exhausted, they're tired, and they're scared. 
In the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed them by. You can't not pay attention to that line. He was going to walk right by them. They'd still be out there toiling. I've understood in some of the things that I've tried to do myself and not rely on him. He has let me sit there. Okay, you're going to do it? Go ahead. See how, how that, you're going to wear yourself out. Yeah. Until I call upon the name of the Lord. Right. Everything changes. Yes, yes. He would have passed them by. But when they saw him upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. That is a ghost. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked to them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, don't be afraid. And when he went into the ship, remember he was walking by, now he has to walk over to the ship. When he gets to the ship, the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed, and in themselves measured and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Now, again, they're going, what manner of man is this? He did it again. The first one's in chapter 4. This is in chapter 6. But if I took you, and I, I, I can't do it by time, I would take you to Luke chapter 8, 23. And that is Luke's story of this. And he directly says, what manner of man is this? Second time. Second time in their training. They had a chance to stand like he did the first time and say, knock it off, peace be still. They didn't do it. And you know what they taught? He mentioned the loaves and the fishes. They had just spent the day seeing the few fishes and the loaves multiplied to feed 5,000 plus people. They had just seen the miracle. They had just seen it. And they don't connect this opportunity to walk in faith with the one that happened the last time. Right. He stood up and said, peace be still. Why didn't one of them? Right. They had just spent the day seeing a miracle. Now, I've watched people get healed before. Let's take a church service or a conference. I watch people truly get healed. But I've also heard some of the comments walking out of the building that had no faith in them whatsoever. They just saw the person walk out of the wheelchair. They just saw the arms straighten out. They just saw the man run around our sanctuary without the walker, the cane. And before they got off the property, they're talking doubt and unbelief. This is what he says, be of good cheer. Don't be afraid. The enemy targets you in the area that he observes you where you're weak. He doesn't come for your strength. He comes where you're weakest. If you're a football player and you're an offensive and defensive coordinator, you're looking where the weakness is on the other team to exploit it so that you can have success. Your enemy is not stronger than you. He at times is smarter than you. He watches you. And if you have problems in area and things you allow fear to come in, you might be doing great in five other things, but this fear thing comes in and all of a sudden you're not praying. 
You're not praising. You're not thanking. Your mind's all on the fear thing. Right. Now, I'm having fun. I hope you are. Yeah. Come on. Come on. And I, I think he's funny when he says, be of good cheer. It is I. Yes. We're screaming it's a ghost and we're going to die. And you're saying, be of good cheer. Right. Now, I want to make a strong point here. Peter and Luke says, Master, if it's you, bid me come. What's Jesus going to say? I'm not me? So you're going to have, oh, that's just Jesus. He's the Son of God. He got to use his supernatural powers in ways that we don't get to. He's just a special, one-of-a-kind guy. No, he told Peter, the fisherman, who has all his lifetime as a fisherman, understood, you step on water, you sink. Now we're looking at a storm that's going to sink the boat, and he's going to get out of the boat. And none of the other apostles say, well, I'll go too, I'll go. None of them, they're staying in the boat. Yeah, right. exactly. So he gets out, and it says he looked at the wind. You can't see wind, but you can see the effect of the wind, the waves, how it feels on you. And things that bring fear to you, you might not see the fear of the core of it right off the bat, but it has things out there that affect you. And he took his eyes off Jesus. Are we good? And it says, he began to sink and cried out, Jesus. Jesus walks over on the water, grabs him by the hand, and pulls him up. Now, a couple things you've got to understand. Peter did walk. Yes, he did. He didn't go down. He walked. Yeah, he walked. Yep. And the two of them, plain Jane Peter, who denied Jesus three times and put his foot in his mouth how many times? Right. Peter walked on the water, didn't sink, walked back to the boat. So, oh, that's Jesus, and he, you know, he's special, he's a son of... Peter walked on the water, on the command of faith, come. And you'll be commanded in your spirit to do things that to your intelligence, however smart you think you are, you will have to bypass it from time to time because it can get in the way. Okay, I like it this way. I don't remember who said it, but it, Peter gets back in the boat. And those guys, what do you think you're doing? Like, I would rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. There comes time where faith comes alive and you get to walk. In a storm, you're going to walk. Amen? Amen. You know, I, I've told a number of people through what I've gone through, and I know a few others around the nation that I'm standing with, you have to get an attitude of faith. I liken it to the John Wayne attitude at Chisholm when the guys rustle his horses and he goes back and goes, my name's John Chisholm, those horses are mine. And the guy goes, there must be some mistake. And he goes, you made it. Right. Slight <laughs> attitude, don't you think? Yes. Did you bring any gold? I'll sell them to you. No. Nope. You bring any silver? No. Nope. Just lead. He has an attitude. Yep. And when it comes time to your faith, you have to have a faith-filled attitude led by the Spirit of God. Are we doing good? Yes. Okay. We're going to go to another sacred cow of doubt and unbelief. And God uses sickness and disease for you. Go to John chapter 9. We're going to go to verse 1. <laughs> I'm having a ball up here. <laughs> I am having a ball. 
Verse 1, And Jesus passed by and saw a man which was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who sinned, the man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jewish heritage tradition is if the parents sinned while she was pregnant, there would be something happened to the baby in the womb, paying the price for what the parents did. So who sinned, the parents or the man? There can only be three answers. Jesus can say the parents or the man or what he answered. And Jesus answered and said, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents. Now, punctuation in King James is up to the person, the interpreter. Let's just, because it, turn around the way it's done. But that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Okay, he's blind, so the works of God should be made manifest in him. He was born blind so that down the road, Jesus could come upon him and everybody would go, Hallelujah, look at the Son of God. That's not what it's saying. Okay? Neither this man has sinned nor his parents. Period. He answered the question. He said, but that the works of God should be manifest in him, comma, I must work the works of him who sent me. To glorify God wasn't the man was born blind. To glorify God is the man got healed. And if he was born blind and Jesus healed, then he stole if God's in it. And he did it to him that Jesus just stole from his father. You're not having anything of hell, death, in the grave, sickness and disease. The thief comes. That's not from God. And he doesn't use those things to teach you. We found in three places it says in the Gospels that the Holy Spirit is the teacher. Not bad things. We'll get into some more. But this, oh, he was born blind so that God could... No, he wasn't. God didn't blind anybody. He healed him. God should be manifested to him. I must work the works of him who sent me. While it is day and night cometh when no man can do the works. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. He just did it. I love it. It wasn't God's will to be born blind. It was God's will to man get healed. Not one thing to kill, rob, and destroy in your life was set by God to teach you or to try you or to test you. The test comes in obeying the word. Living by faith and not by fear. Letting the Holy Spirit dwell deeply and strongly in you and letting him lead and guide and direct you into all the truth, which is what it says he'll do. I don't want to be led into to lies, the father of lies. I want to be led into the truth. Bingo. Yes. How do I love my wife? He's going to show me how to love her his way. Because yeah. I can read his word and understand it, and I can observe his way. So I can take God's word and his way and love Deborah with the God kind of love, not what the world does in marriage. Because it ain't working anymore in the United States, the world's kind of marriage. No. But God's does. Yes. God's does. They look at me crazy when I coach them. I would lay my life down to protect her. Really? Why is that such a foreign thought? We're one spirit, one flesh. I vowed before God. I'll lay it down. Oh, I'm having fun. John. Okay, let's go to Ephesians just for a minute. This is Ephesians 3.20. My Bible's opening up almost to the exact scriptures because I've been in them so much in these areas. 
Let's go to verse 19 in chapter 3. And to know the love of Christ, which passes your knowledge. God, God still loves you when you screw up, and sometimes that's hard for you to conceive. How could he still love me for what I thought or what I said or what I did? But he does. that you might be filled with the fullness of God. Now unto him, who is the him we're talking about? Jesus. That is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you ask or think, according to the power that worketh within you. I love the words, exceedingly, abundantly. Yeah. Many Christians' mentality is just get me by right. to another month, to another paycheck, to another situation. Just get me by. Oh, here come the holidays. They have sucked forever. I just got to get through this. No, why don't you make them a Holy Ghost holiday this year? Yeah. Why don't you do something supernatural? Have some fun. Have some fun. I uh, recently, my brother's been out of town. He's, he'll be moving to Cincinnati. Uh, sometime in the spring, but this is my little brother Tim, and he was uh, back home seeing his daughter and grandson in Cincinnati, and then he went from here to Phoenix. So I hadn't talked to him for three weeks, and or really spent time. He's been busy sightseeing and doing stuff and being grandpa. I understand. All that to say this, on the phone, I said, Tim, I went down and up Flights of stairs, normal, separating one floor to the other floor. Not custom-made ones for therapy, just the regular dadgum steps. 14 down, 14 up, by myself, three times. Steps are absolutely the toughest challenge of shifting weight, getting your balance, and being able to have the strength and not messing up, because you don't want to, nobody falls down steps gracefully. It's just not pretty. And I ain't fallen ever. But also in that day, they put a wrap around me. The therapist holds it there in case I need him. I walked 80 steps. They weren't pretty, but I walked 80 steps on my own. Getting ready in one month to come in here on my own. So I told Tim that, and he goes, well, Jim, anybody who knows you, if anybody can do this, you can do that. Yeah. I didn't hear my brother have that kind of confidence because he was the one that used to mock me for loving Jesus and, and believing that God could do great things in my life. And I said, if anybody can do it, you can. He must have seen something from the mocking to this time that convinced him that God's in my life. Yeah. I want proof in your life. Yeah. yeah, I used to. Yeah, I was a baby because I ain't a baby any longer. I don't need people to change my diapers and put a bottle in my mouth. But I got to grow. Exceedingly, abundantly comes to mind. Amen? Amen. Now, we're in Cancun, and Mercedes is no longer a little girl. She was 18 years old, and she doesn't look like a little girl anymore. We're in a, a massive flea market, and we're walking by, and we're about 10 feet ahead of her. She stopped to look at something. All of a sudden, I hear the infamous... Dad, that's one of your kids in trouble. Some guy had grabbed her by the arms with both his arms and was trying to pull her into a room. 
and less, I, I don't know how, how quick it was, just like a twinkle of an eye. I don't know how his throat got in my hand and his head got slammed up against the wall. Touch her again and I'll kill you. Dad came alive very quickly. I want you to get that attitude because it says in James chapter 4 verse 7, you resist, push back against the devil. Don't let him push on you, push him back. How do I do that? With the word. You can't sleep and you're up with worry. Get your Bible out. You're going to keep me up. I'm going to read the word to you and show you who wins at the end. I'll read Revelations when you go. You're done. Let me tell you who wins. He'll leave you alone. You push back. I don't wrestle against people who flesh and blood, but powers, principalities, rulers of the darkness. Agreed? That I'm not going to be pushing back on people just because they're foolish, dumb, or selfish. I can shut my mouth. But I know who to push back on. He's not taking my day. He's not taking my testimony. You want to push on me? I'll witness all the more. You want to push on me in pain in the hospital? We got a miracle. And those nurses cannot ever forget they saw the miracle that day. Push on me. I just think it's hilarious. I'm going to witness in a bathroom to another guy in a wheelchair. I just think that's hilarious. But you know what? I took the time to do it. Yeah. Right. Guys, for the ladies, guys just don't talk to guys in bathrooms. You just don't do that. It's just me and him, two guys in wheelchairs, squaring off, and I get to share Jesus. It's the way it is. Now, I want to, okay. How many like to win? Amen. Little Zion would play a game with me, and he'd turn around and cheat and look over like the battleship game. And his mom caught him, and he goes, well, I don't want to lose. <laughs> to him. Cheating was no big deal. If you don't like to lose, then you better pick your victory with your mouth. You're picking your victory every day with your mouth. What you believe in your heart and that abundance is coming out, the words that you speak, you curse the fig tree, you move the mountain, but you're picking where you have a victory with the words of your mouth. Just let that sit there for a minute. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. Now one of the reasons I have is committing to promise 22. You read this, the proverb of the day. Today's good. It's filled with nuggets. Okay? But you also then read an epistle. And maybe you snatch a scripture that you want, and you almost build a doctrine because just out of one scripture. Maybe sometimes chapter 5, when he wrote the letter, didn't have chapter 5 and verse this or that. It was a letter. The letter has an overall thought and impact. And so reading a scripture in context goes, that we're going to do that on the Holy Ghost on Wednesday. It's going to be great. But here's Romans chapter 5. Referring to the Lord Jesus Christ from verse 1, by whom we also have access by faith unto the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope and the glory of God. Do you stand? Do you rejoice? Does God's presence fill your life? His glory? We have access by faith, what you believe and what you speak, to the grace. Grace is all those blessings and promises 
that we don't deserve, but God did it anyhow. I'd be happy in one sense if it was just on forgiveness that I get forgiveness of my sins. Because I could try to be perfect today and I'll, I'll blow it sometime today. That forgiveness needs to be there. You have access to it by faith. Oh, do I do that? Yeah, I'm going to have to. Second uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Now, have you had anybody ever talk to you that they tell you something and they never do it? They're always slacking, this, you know, yeah, we're going to do this. I, you know, I try to keep my word to my kids, and when I said we're going to go eat ice cream, it can be 10 o'clock at night, we're going to go find ice cream somewhere. Okay? Look at the concern for what Jesus says, what the word says here. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord Jesus is not slack concerning his promises as men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's not slack about his promises. He's not saying, oh, gosh, I wish I had not put that in the Bible. Because Brandon's going to use that sometime, and I just don't want to do it now. I'm not in the mood. I'm watching TV. Reality shows. Soul and sinner, as they're advertising up. He's not watching that, and he's not slack towards his promises. It says he watches over his word to perform it. Amen. He watches over his word to perform it. I'm just letting that sit there. I'm going to come back to two scriptures after I finish this side. Are you getting something out of this today? Yes. Now, I want you to be honest with yourself. And you can open your eyes, you can close your eyes, but just be honest with yourself. Has God ever done anything for you? Yes. Anything? You say, well, no, he really hasn't. Well, then I'll throw another word. Has God anything for you yet? Because the day is still open. Yep. Right. It's still open. Now, can you... Think of what he's done for you. I can go back to my first encounters with him. I can go back to when I got born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. And it just, all my whole life is changing. And then I supernaturally meet this woman where he says, that's bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh. That's 45 and a half years ago, going strong. Where can I stop? And I won't bore you, and I won't bore me. I can tell you miracles, what he's done in people, personal relationships, physical, and financial. But you know, some days you need just to take some time and thank him for what he's done. Not be always asking about what he's going to do for you, but also what he's already done. Yeah. My kids get together and they remember what gr grandma and grandpa and mom and dad did back then. I don't remember half that stuff. 
They do. And they're thankful that they have this mother and father. My daughter-in-law is thankful when she texts back up and said, I don't know what happened, but she goes, I want to thank you, Deborah. It was around Father's Day for raising up the man that I married, how he loves me, and how he is a great father. Just wanted to say thank you. I still have the text. Because I will go back and revisit a thank you. Yes. A thank you. Let, um, James chapter 1. Another problem for some people who try to live by faith rather than just doing it. Well, what? I don't know how to fish. Learn. I don't know how to walk by faith. Learn. It's, here's the manual. You got a teacher. You got a crowd of witnesses all around you who will help you and ex exhort you and encourage you to step out in faith. Amen? James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there's no various of turning. He begat us with the word of truth that we could be the first fruits. Every good and perfect gift, every COVID-19 flu and cancer comes from... No, it says every good and perfect. I like good and perfect. Good and perfect. Those are the gifts that he gives us. One scripture says... I think I wrote it down. Now, if I come across it later, I'll give it to you again. It says, in everything, give thanks. Okay? In everything. It is interpreted by many who walk by their soul, their flesh, and experience. You have to give thanks for everything. It doesn't say you thank Him for everything. It says, in everything. My son has a flat tire. He's not thanking God for the flat tire. He's thanking God that his dad came and fixed it and he got out of it. I'm not thanking God for something the enemy sent my way. But in every situation, no matter how tough it is, and believe me, this last year has had some moments in everything. I gave thanks to my God that I'm coming out of it. Simple as that. And the nurse said, how can you have such a good attitude? They don't know my God. But they're going to. They keep asking. I'll keep planting. Touch their lives. You don't thank him for everything. You only thank him for the stuff he gives you. You don't thank the devil for what he gives you. Amen? Okay, Psalms. I'm going to read these fast. These are Psalms 95.2. He's with you all the time. But there's some moments you take special time out, and it says, in his presence, you enter it with thanksgiving. David was being hunted down by the Philistines, and he goes, and it says, and he went to the hold. The hold was a private place for him to pray. It wasn't a special building. It's just David, get alone. 
The same thing happened when he came home to Ziklag and everything's stolen and his men want to kill him. It says, and David went to the hold. Every one of you better have a place called the hold in your life. Mine has been my car. That is my little arena where Jim McGaffin enters his gates with thanksgiving. I enter his gates and courts with thanksgiving. Now, we were in Israel, and we saw the big brass doors, and when it's time to go to church in the evening on when, uh, Sabbath, that sun is hitting those brass things, and you're blinded by how bright it is to give you the idea of glory. But every one of those steps, they're not short steps, they're long ones where you have to take two steps to do it. You have to go up like 50 of them. I mean, it seemed like forever. Down at the bottom are the pools where they wash the dirt of the traveling off of you, representing that God will wash you clean. All the way up those steps, there's an elder in the land telling you of the miracles in God's faithfulness. By the time you get to the top, you're supposed to be rejoicing and thanking God to enter in his courts with praise. Amen. I didn't come in here with a bad attitude. Right. I didn't come in here all worried about this and that. Right. I didn't come in here wanting to pay somebody back. Right. I come in here with thanksgiving. Right. And I thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. Yep. And occasionally, life stinks so bad that it struggle to be thankful. That's why it says in Psalms 116 verse 17, the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Occasionally, it takes some extra oomph to get your mind off that, but it also says sacrifice of thanksgiving for those who will call upon the name of the Lord. Call on His name. Yeah, my day stinks. I'm in trouble. It feels like I'm going down the toilet. Lord, help me. I praise you and I thank you for all the things you've done before. And I call upon your name that I'm coming out of this too. Amen. I'm not going to sit there and take it. Now, Psalm 69, verse 30. Ladies here, we had a conversation this morning. There's some good Christian entertainment, some good Christian songs. But not all Christian music is praise and worship. There's some really good things of how it affects you and makes you feel. But praise belongs to him for what he's done and will do. And worship is just who he is. Those songs belong to him. So it says here that in Psalm 69, verse 30, I will praise him in song. I will praise him in song. We had some good songs this morning. First one got Pastor Jim standing on his feet. Yep. Yeah, it's just out of honor. Just out of honor. Hard to sing that song and sit down and be calm. The rest of that verse says, I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Magnify means to enlarge, make bigger than it was when you started. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to sing praise to God. Okay, my mind's wondering what I got to do this afternoon. Uh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. No, 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 no. Your mind's focused. I'm praising my God. Amen. And you want to make it even better? In between songs or even in the middle. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can fill in the blank. And all of a sudden, in your praise, it's, it's going to get magnified. It's going to get enlarged with thanksgiving. Try to be depressed with that going on in you. 
Just try that. Oh, I feel so depressed. Come and worship with us. Oh, do you really think that's right? I know by God's promises it does. You obviously don't. I'd like to take your mind and fix it on things that are just lovely and a good report. Put it on things that are necessary. Get it off the stuff that's got you boxed in the corner. Okay, that went over great. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your heart. The word peace there is nothing broken, nothing missing. The peace of God rule in your heart. It says that Jesus, he himself, is our peace. This peace passes our understanding. That's what it says. It passes our understanding. It comes down here. How do you have peace in the midst of that? I know Jesus. I know Jesus. But that scripture there says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. The rule there means, I did this stupid one uh, in eighth grade. I, I was sent out by Sister Mary uh, Aaron to referee a ball game. We're at the end of the year, and there was a play at second base, and the kid is safe. And I went, you're out! Everybody saw he was safe. I made the wrong call. I got parents coming from both sides. I just screwed up. But you know what? This word rule means let the Holy Spirit be the umpire of your heart. Let him make the call. You don't know what to do? Let him make the call. You're not sure you don't have all the understanding yet to what's going on? Let him make the call. Let him lead you. I don't always understand what's going on until later, but he'll lead me out of messes and lead me into stuff I'm supposed to do. Doesn't he you? Okay. It says let him rule in your heart. And then it says, and be thankful. I'm thankful that he gets to make the call. He's not wrong. And he can take the heat on a bad call, so to speak. You understand? Just He doesn't make bad calls. I'm talking when people argue with you and get on your case. You just don't understand who just made the call. They don't understand. I'm just obeying what the Spirit of the Lord told me to do. People won't understand that sometimes. Okay, Philippians. There it is. I was looking for that. Philippians chapter 4. When I use a verse as a key, I want to make sure I give you chapter and verse for it. So you'll write it down, you'll mark it. And my Bible is beginning to fall apart. It's so old. But I, I got a brand new one. I just am not looking forward, in one sense, to starting in Genesis 1 and going to Revelation and writing down all the notes. Hello? Yeah. Yes. But you know what? This is the guide book to successful living. Yeah. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing. Don't be full of care. Okay. But in everything by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving... Supplication is like an official document. You go to a court and you put it out there and this is what you go to court for. Prayer is a more intimate thing with you and the Holy Ghost and brings praise and worship and talking in tongues. Supplication is, Lord, I got a problem here. I'm coming to you like in court. I need a judgment on this. Tell me what to do. If I'm going to pray and I'm going to supplicate, it says, Thanksgiving better be part of this. Because when I leave that presence of his divine court or our intimate prayer time, 
I'm thanking him because I have the answer. Like Mark 11, 23 and 24. You believe with all your heart, without a doubt, and you shall have it. You got it when you pray. Right. Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the evidence, the title deed of things you can't see. But God has given you. How do you know that? I have a title deed. I own that car. How do you know? I have the title. I own that miracle. I have the title. What is it? The word of God that I'm standing on. And in doing so, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm having a ball. I'm preaching myself happy. <laughs> Did I use Colossians 2.7 yet? We'll go there. Colossians 2.7. Just next door. Verse 7. We are to be rooted and built up in Him. Established in the faith. How many want to be rooted and built up in Him? Okay? Established in your believing and your speaking. I'm rooted and I'm grounded, not easily moved. Established in the faith. I love that. As you've been taught, okay, then what are you supposed to do because you're rooted and grounded and established? You're supposed to abound with thanksgiving. It's not hard to walk for Jesus. It's only hard if you try. Let him, let him live through you. That rooted and grounded in faith. I'm ready. I'll get rooted. I'll get grounded in the faith. Make sure abounding. Not a little bit. Not just a little. How, try the word abound. Abound. I have a gentleman who's a waiter. He's been to church here before. He uh, was going through a tough time with his wife's health and things like that. And the guys uh, that mow here, me, we're here, and I said, let's go do something. This guy's yard had not been mowed. It was now late July all year. It's a corner lot off of 120th and Blondo, Maple area, north. And all of a sudden, we show up with two mowers and a weed eater and a leaf blower. In an hour to an hour and a half, we had it all done. You know what? They didn't know we were coming. We didn't charge them. We just did it. Right. And he, to this day, abounds with thanksgiving for the kindness shown him. Yeah. Right. All he could do to pay me was to say thank you. That's all I wanted. That's no big deal. Why'd you do it? Because I wanted to. Because right. I wanted to. There's some, just some being nice and doing good things. I don't even have to be led of the Spirit to be nice. Yeah, right. It's not a struggle to do good things. To open a door for somebody. For all those doors that I've opened for women and children and people who are handicapped, the amount of people trying to help me and running to help me is humbling. And thank you just doesn't seem enough. And you get a smile you get a smile. Okay, we got rid of doubt and unbelief. What manner of man? This is Jesus. He taught you to walk by faith. I'm encouraging you. 
Walk by faith. It is a seed. It grows. Get rid of the doubt and unbelief because behind it comes a bucket of fear and that's harder to get out of your thinking and out of how you do stuff. It just is. So, get rid of it. Then, understand the power of His Word. Pick your victory. You have access by faith to His grace. He's not slack concerning what He's promised you. He's not unhappy that He said, Barbara, be healed. You getting an extra hundred or a hundred thousand or a million dollars is not going to break heaven. Norval Hayes witnessed over and over to a girl committing adultery with a married man. She, he knew the girl from his church. She sang in the choir and she'd come into his restaurant after they had their time. And time to finally he just, I said, why do you bother? She goes, because you're going to hell and I'm trying not to have her go. And he went to her, and she gave her life back to Jesus and got it all straightened up. Shortly thereafter, the Lord told him to buy some swampland in Florida. He's wealthy. He has a couple restaurants. He, he lives in, uh, I want to I say Arkansas or Alabama. Buying land in Florida was not on the forefront of his thinking. The Lord told him exactly where to buy. He bought it. Two years later, it got, someone came and said, we want to buy this from you. And he said, and we'll give you how many hundred million dollars for where Disneyland is now. They had to pay a man of God. And he is wealthy to begin with. Lord, why did you do this? He said, because when no one else would witness to her, you would. This is my kind of payback. I like his kind. It's not just get by. Make it enough. I had to force myself. I grew up, my dad was... Uh, a wonderful man. We all went through private schools. He chose to use the money that he made to give us the education, the future we got now. But that meant we didn't have a lot of extras. We lived in a nice part of town, Dundee, but we didn't get air conditioning until I, in a car until I was in college. He wouldn't buy an Impala. He'd buy in a Bel Air. That's a style of Chevy that's one less down. It went uh, Chevy, uh, Pontiac, Olds, Buick, Cadillac. He bought a six-cylinder beller with no air conditioning. For me to think that God would give me something nice, I had to go put myself in car dealers and sit in there to see myself in there. Yes. I had to give my mind a picture that I belonged in that. Yeah. We did the Dream Street of Homes and Pray to Homes. What do you go? Because I want to be able to see myself in better and growth. Well, you're just lusting. I'm not lusting. I'm doing what the Word says to do. My guy can get it to me. Can get it to. If rock stars who serve the devil can have mansions, why can't I do nice? But even today, you gave me a million dollars. Over half of it will be gone very shortly in the gospel. The rest shortly to follow after that. It's not a question of things. I had to restructure my mind that God would give me something better than I have perceived as a child growing up. Yeah. He keeps his word. Yes. He's not slack concerning his promises. So we're going to go back to the two scriptures I told you were coming. Let's go to Romans chapter 4, verse 7.
Now here we're talking about Abraham. And Abraham's promise from God that he would be the father of many nations, yet he had no kids. He tried to have a kid with uh, his uh, servant, and that's not what God wanted, work of the flesh. He said, you're going to have a supernatural one. He's 90, almost 100 years old, and Sarah is never given birth. But now, how many 90-year-old women give birth? Right. Chances are not, nor does a nearly 100-year-old man father. Okay? But now, you promised me, Lord, how's this going to work? Now listen to this closely. God's saying, as it is written, I've made thee the father of many nations before whom he believed, even God. Now he decided to believe God, who quickens the dead. You can be dead and he can raise you up. Okay? And calleth those things that be not as though they were. You want to test your thankfulness? You believe you got when you prayed? Can you believe it without seeing it that it's already yours? Calls those things that be not. That be not. That be not as though they were. You got something out of that? Okay, now remember, who against hope believed in hope. Yeah, I know it looks bad. I know what the doctor says. I know what the bank says. I know those things. But against that, I'm going to hope. I'm going to hope. I love 20, verse 20. It says, he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Staggered. I, in my mind, I like movies. I go to clips and movies. I just went to Rocky number five, where his protege, Tommy Gunn, Tommy Morrison, had virtually beat him at the very end out in the street. And then you hear dun da dun da dun da dun The song begins to come up, and Rocky gets up and he goes, Yo, Tommy, I didn't hear no bell. One more round. And Rocky wins. Rocky got staggered, but got up. Abraham said he didn't stagger at the promises of God. He believed that God said it. It didn't shake. Whatever comes against it, it didn't shake. Didn't shake him. Didn't shake him. Don't get shaken. Stay in prayer. Don't get worn out. Stay in prayer. If you're tired of praying, worship and praise him. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. Yeah. rest of that scripture in there. And he was being fully persuaded what he had promised he was able to perform. You think God can do it? Yes. You think he lost his power to do it? Think he wants to? Yes! Then thank him and let him. Thank him and let him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that comes from Paul and I know him by reading what he went through and he's still saying I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me that stuff doesn't stagger me it doesn't bother me it doesn't take away my hope I know I know in whom I believe against all that last scripture of the night let's go to Isaiah And we're going to go to I, somewhere near Isaiah 55.
Now, I don't see my Heavenly Father as a wishy-washy, mamby-pamby kind of God. He created the universe. Isn't he the one that said, light be, and light was? Light didn't get to argue. He creates seven things, bam, 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 by saying what he believed. And they happened. So we're told to believe and say what he has said. Stand up. I want to hear him say, that's my boy. Look at Jim do that. Come on. Look at Christine do that. Come on. And stand up. Because this is the last verse of the morning. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void or empty, but it will accomplish everything which I please, and it will prosper in the place I send it. That's his commitment to his word that you're using. It's not going to bounce back to him. It's not going to be God three, devil two. His word says, and it's not returning to him void. It prospers, gets larger and beneficial where I send it. I send my word of his word, healing, 1 Peter 2.24, into my body. When it gets in my body, it doesn't stay until the one thing I'm concerned with. It expands, it prospers in my body. I'm not talking about heal me from the flu or heal me from cancer. I'm talking about divine health. Top to bottom. Divine health. They told Mercedes. Every doctor, every fertility doctor, she will never get pregnant. She can't get pregnant. And if ever there was a mother, person born to be a mother, Mercedes is one of them. And in less than three months, she'll be holding her little boy in her arms against all the doctors and all the money spent. And we are owed money back for this. But his word does not return void. It accomplishes every single thing it's sent to do. It prospers in it. It prospers. If I plant a seed, I don't want one seed back. I want a harvest. I want it prospered. 30, 60, 100 fold. And I want people to say, how do you do that? You really want to know? How did you do that? Let me tell you. You really tell them, I don't get churchy, and I don't get church ugly when people, you need to, you know, the condemning tone people take. If you don't believe it just the way they believe it, they just, at you. anybody know that tone? I don't get that. I'm nice, but I don't back off. I don't back off. No, you don't get to do that. We're in a big meeting with a bunch of pastors. And this guy was introduced as the new apostle to Omaha. And I was asked, don't you agree, Brother McGaffin? I said, no. <laughs> he might have been an apostle in another town, Sacramento. But he hasn't done the work of an apostle here. Do the work with the fruit following, then we'll talk. I wasn't mean, it's just that he shouldn't ask me. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. Oh, I'm a pastor. Okay, what are you doing with that gift? Where's it bearing fruit? I'm an evangelist. That's just not a traveling minister. An evangelist gathers. Just gathers people. We got two evangelists that I know of in the room right now. They have the ability through God-given talents and the anointing to gather people.
people together. Jesus gathered people. The kids wanted to be with them for crying out loud. Bear fruit. Bear fruit. Are you prosperous? Then what's the big deal about tithing and giving? That shouldn't even be a question to someone who's prosperous and lives a generous life. Giving God first fruits of what he's increased you. Are you healed? Then act like it. I just spend so much time being depressed. I tell you, you just come and worship with me sometime. I'll put on six songs, and I dare you to be depressed by the time we finish these six songs because I'm rocking. I'm going to rock it. But be thankful. Be thankful. Little things, be thankful. We didn't have any money. It was a tough time. And someone out of the blue that we never expected bought us furniture for Mercedes when Deborah was pregnant. We got up and believed God one more time. And we had already given everything away. It was gone. But we felt in our heart we're going to try one more time. And we got furniture. Mercedes is getting furniture now based upon that seed. It's still bearing the tree didn't wither and die. There's still stuff coming. Amen. There's still stuff coming. Yes. To you. Yes. To you. Yes. I hear one thing in the spirit, and I'm going to cover it. I'm not 25 years old anymore. I have a couple challenges in front of me. But I've never thought of retiring, fully refiring. I haven't seen the best yet. Amen. I want to see the Holy Spirit fall on people. I want to see the healings. I want to see the breakthroughs. I'm not satisfied. I'm thankful, but I know he's got more for me. Yes. How about you? Yes. I was humbled by my mother when I told her, because my dad's in heaven, he knew Jesus. He got born again three months before he died. They prayed for the first time on the day he went to heaven. My mom later, she, I mean, this is a bull of a woman. You know, 100% Germans are bull of a woman. And now she's physically not that. And I told mom, I said, mom, if you want to go home to heaven and see dad, it's okay. And she turned and she got that fire. And, Shut up. I stay here and live here to pray for you to do your job. That little old lady in a rest home gets up every day and prays that I will succeed for the kingdom of God. Doesn't matter how old you are. You can touch the throne room of grace and come boldly to the throne room of grace in time of need. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are. When David killed Goliath, he was somewhere between 14 and 16 years old. Right. Most churches won't use a 14-year-old to do anything. God used him to kill the giant. Yeah. Right. Age is not a big deal to God. It's whosoever will. And he'll show up big on your behalf. Amen? Amen. You get something out of this today? Yes. Praise the Lord. You want to say anything, hon? Okay. Yeah, I'm done.
Pastor Deborah would like to say something. I'm going to give her the mic. Nope, you got to turn it on. Hello? It's really on. Nicaruni! <laughs> okay. Last Sunday, um, while we were, he was finishing, I just felt in my spirit that we should pray over everybody before you leave because of the world we live in and speak a blessing over you and protection and stuff. How would you like that? All right. And this is out of numbers, and I forgot to write it down, so I don't know exactly where, but the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace. And who doesn't want the blessing of God on your life? Who doesn't want God's face to be towards you and watching you? Who doesn't want him to keep you, to protect you, to be there for you, to keep you safe? Amen. Amen. And the gracious to give you grace and mercy and favor everywhere and anywhere you go. Amen. And give you peace, that you, the peace that passes all understanding. Amen. So when you think about God, the peace just floods you. And it also means nothing missing, nothing broken in your life. Right. Amen. Amen. Go in peace, go in safety, go in health. We love you so much. Thank you for being here today. Howard found the scripture for me that I couldn't find earlier. Spent the whole week looking for this. He finds it accidentally here on Sunday morning. I must be the Holy Ghost with the word of knowledge. Because it is 2 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17 and 18 and 19. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Everything Deborah said, leave here today. Go make a difference. Go make a difference. Plan it today. Who can you do a random act of kindness for? Find somebody to be nice to. Find some, even if it's a telemarketer, you have to be nice to them. You don't have to listen to everything. God bless you. Have a good day. But be nice. Be nice. Most of you are going to eat sometime today. You'll either go out and eat or you'll, you'll have to go get food. Maybe you have enough food at home. But if you have to go get it or go out, be nice. Find somebody to be kind to. Somebody to be kind to. And come back next week and bring guests. Bring people that you've got a chance to share. You ought to come. This is not very religious, but it is fun. Because God's got a plan for this church and for your life. Yeah. Amen? Amen? See you next week. See you Wednesday night, 630. You'll yes, have a sir. great time. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We always want to encourage those of you who have a story of how God is working in your life through this ministry to send us an email to amen at libertyofomaha.com. For more information on Liberty Church, visit libertyofomaha.com. Thanks for joining us and have a credible week.